our second episode, Top 10 Steelers by Position. We're talking defensive backs. Grab a brew. You're in the bird cave. Let's go. Defensive backs, my arch enemy in my playing days. I tell you what, when I put this list together, it was a lot harder. I thought this would be, of all positions, kind of like a slam dunk, easy peasy, uh, top 10, but it was definitely, definitely difficult. I actually had probably seven, eight, nine versions of this. Uh, I kept reshuffling the list um, once I dug deeper into some of the statistics and other things. Um, but this is the list I came up with. I kept coming back to this list, which was, I think, the second version that I did after reviewing some criteria, but um, definitely a lot, lot more difficult. Now, what I, first, what I want to tell you guys is what I did was I did not say these are the best safeties, these are the best corners. I just lumped the secondary all together. Um, I, as you know, there's not really a great track record of defensive backs for the Steelers like there is for wide receiver, although there have been some tremendous, tremendous football players for the Steelers on the defensive backfield, in the defensive backfield, excuse me. One thing I was surprised by was the longevity of some of these players. There are some players here that the number of games that they played for the Steelers is, was quite alarming. And as I go through this list, some of these players are going to be like, yep, that's what I expect. He was a great player. Some of them you may look at, based on their production when I look this up, might shock you. Shock me. So I'm going to go through, again, my top 10, according to me, based on the following criteria. Like I said, statistics, statistics, um, which is weighted a little bit different because of defensive assignments. There's some players that just simply aren't asked to be around the ball. They may be backside support. They may be whatever that is. You know, we can go into that if you would like, if you want to shoot me a message. Their overall impact on the defense, the longevity, like I stated, was actually quite surprising. And the Steelers' defensive identity. This is a defensive town. This is a defensive traditional team. What was their identity as far as the Steelers' defense goes? So, I got my Fatheads Sunshine Daydream IPA cracked. Let's get through this list. Starting with number 10, Deshae Towson. Now, some of you already are probably like, what in the hell? But Deshae Towson played 12 years for the Steelers. Played from 1998 to 2009. He played in 197 games. And he was around the ball a lot. 23 interceptions and 5 forced fumbles. And also, a very impressive for a defensive back, 501 tackles. And this is, I forget what the breakdown is with solo tackles, but it's not important. We'll just look at the at a high level cumulative tackling. He was around the ball a lot. And also, he recorded 15 and a half sacks. I think he was, well, he did play a lot of slot corner. He was outside some. He was very versatile. And um, personal story, I, well, I'm not going to say the story, but I met him a few times uh, through business, and he's a very, very good dude. So for me, number 10, Deshae Towson. Now, he didn't have any accomplishments like any Pro Bowls or any all-decade teams, but nonetheless, I do think he needs to be recognized as an all-time great in the black and gold. So number nine, 
Guy from way back in the day, safety Mike Wagner. Played 10 years for the Steelers from 1971 to 1980. He played in 133 games, at, uh, like I said, at safety, and he recorded 41 interceptions. Very, very impressive. Now, the issue I, I had with placing guys from the 70s, there weren't really many statistics on these players from back in the day. Like, there's no statistics on how many forced fumbles he had, how many tackles or sacks he had. So I'm sure he probably had a good amount. And if I had and if I've seen those stats, I may have them I may have him higher. However, I just don't see it. And I was not able to watch him play, like I was talking about in the receiver episode with Swan and Stallworth. But he was a two time Pro Bowler, and obviously he's he won multiple rings with the Steelers, so he needs to be in the top ten somewhere. So for me, number nine was Mike Wagner. At number eight, and this guy, this player if he could just catch the ball, probably would be a top five, was Ike Taylor. Played 12 years from 2003 to 2014. He played in 188 games, 17 interceptions, probably should have been 50, three forced fumbles, and here is, I would like to look, I'm going to look this up with a lot of other corners in this, but 694 tackles. I would like to see from you know all the corners that have played in the NFL within, and we'll look at the same time frame. How many corners actually had more tackles than Ike Taylor? That's an impressive, impressive stat. And he also chimed in with three sacks again when I talked about the defensive assignments. He wasn't asked to blitz as much as say someone like the Towson was. Um, he as well did not receive like really any acknowledgments, like any Pro Bowls, things like that. But that's, if he would catch, if he could catch, he probably would have been a perennial Pro Bowler because the guy was that good. I do recall many games where he would lock down A.J. Green in his prime. The Bengals teams at that time weren't any good, but A.J. Green was a, was a Pro Bowler and was a top five easy wide receiver. Ike Taylor would just take him out of the game. So much respect to Ike Taylor. If he caught the ball, he would be a lot higher on this list. So number seven on my DB list, a name a lot of Steeler fans may have forgotten about because of when he played for the Steelers, Dwayne Woodruff. He played 11 years, 1979 to 1990. So at least the man got his Super Bowl ring against the Rams. But after that, as you know, the 80s were not a really great time was not a great time for the Steelers. He did play in 166 games and had 37 interceptions. If I go back on it, the Steelers probably had not many more until another player came in in the late 80s, which we'll get to in a little bit. But I was also surprised that even in the 80s, there weren't many statistics recorded for this player or for any player. So I don't have any forced fumbles or tackles or sacks from Dwayne Woodruff. I do believe that um, they were probably very respectable. But the fact that he played 166 games and had 37 interceptions for a lot of bad Steeler teams in the 80s, which is one of the reasons I had to get him on the top 10 list, and he comes in at number 7. So number 6 is a player that 
I know I said before that I had multiple versions of this list. I had him up and down the list. And I knew he was a good player, but I did not realize the impact he had just reading from his his career stats. It was eye-popping to me. So for me, number six all-time is safety Darren Perry. He only played seven years from 1992 to 2000, which is 137 games. But in those 137 games at free safety, 33 interceptions and four forced fumbles. The guy was all over the field. He had 628 tackles. So that's a good and a bad thing. Your free safety should not be making that many damn tackles. But he did. So he was asked a lot. He was asked to do a lot in the defense, and he produced. He did also have two and a half sacks, which is kind of a useless stat for a free safety. But again, going back with the defensive assignments, he was asked to do a lot at the free safety position for the Steelers. And he was a member of the 1992 all-rookie team. He didn't make any Pro Bowls and such with the Steelers, but... 137 games, 33 interceptions, and 628 tackles? That is respect enough to get on this top 10 list. And I put him at number 6. I'm sure I can hear arguments of him going um, up or down, uh, but he needed to be on the list nonetheless. So now we are in the top 5. And this was the part of the list that I thought was Relatively easy in a sense, but what order do we put these guys in? And this is actually very debatable because, again, I'm lumping in corners and safeties into the same defensive backfield category. But again, my list, and we'll see if everybody agrees. Coming in at number five, Donnie Shell, who played 14 years with the Steelers. 1974 to 1987. So he got a a mix of great teams and bad teams. (laughs) Um, He did play in 220 games, which I think might be the most in Steelers history in the defensive backfield. He recorded 53 interceptions. And again, because he played way back when, I don't have any other statistics to measure him by. But he was a second team all decade in the 1980s, and he did make five Pro Bowls. And again, the 220 games, 53 interceptions is just enough for respect and obviously recent Hall of Fame inductee. So he needs to be on the list. So Donnie Schell, um, I, I, I do recall watching him play towards the back end of his career, but you know, I, I definitely could be persuaded to from somebody who's seen him play if he needs to be higher or not. But I also don't know who else we push down. But nonetheless, Donnie Shell, top five in, in in my opinion, Steelers secondary. Number four might be the most versatile defensive back to ever put on the black and gold, and maybe ever in the NFL. It's a name that does not get enough recognition, in my opinion is one of the all-time Steeler greats, and maybe even through the NFL greats as far as, again, versatility. So coming in at number four, Carnell Lake. 
He played 10 years with the Steelers, 1989 to 1998. Played in 167 games, 17 interceptions, and here's where is a big jump from previous Steelers defensive backs. He had 15 forced fumbles. In a very eye-popping 761 tackles. And this could be a Steelers defensive back record, but he also recorded 23 and a half sacks. And if you remember, he was a linebacker in college, played safety, played strong safety. He may have played a few snaps at free safety. Then he went to left corner, and I think he was a it was a, when uh, Rod Woodson went down with the uh, ACL. And the, the guy just played all over the defense, and he was, I think, a pro bowler at safety and at corner. He made a total of five pro bowls, and he was second team for the 1990s all-decade team. I don't think Carnell Lake gets enough respect um, nationally. I don't know about other Steeler fans. Please, you know, the fans who are listening to this, let me know. I mean, do you agree that Carnell Lake is a top five defensive back ever for the Steelers? It's probably not as flashy as some of the others, but you can't argue this positional flexibility that he did. I mean, strong safety and corner. Those are two different physical traits nowadays that I don't think anybody can actually play that. You might be able to get in there at strong safety and and cover like slots, things like that. Maybe. But but then again, you can't really bump out to corner and expect to guard a number one or number two receiver and play strong safety. Could somebody do it today? Maybe. There's a lot of great athletes out there. It was an underrated trait. Linebacker, strong safety, corner. Definitely gets my respect on it. So Cornell Lake, for me, the number four Steelers DB of all time. Coming in at number three. I'm sure I'm probably going to get some hate on this because I've seen him at number one a lot. Rod Woodson. And again, I'm measuring his Steelers career not his entire NFL career, which I know he is a Hall of Famer and he is on the NFL 100 team. So much respect to Rod Woodson as for his total career. But with the Steelers, he played 10 years from 1987 to 1996. Played 143 games with the Steelers. He recorded 39 interceptions. And like Cornell Lake, this was eye-popping as well, but 16 forced fumbles. Guy was a beast. 690 tackles. Right up there with Ike Taylor. And he also recorded 16 sacks. Rob Woodson was the 1993 Defensive Player of the Year. In his 10 years with the Steelers, he made 7 Pro Bowls. And like I said, he is a Hall of Famer and is on the NFL's 100 team. Top 100 players ever. He also had a tremendous impact on special teams. And the reason he's not higher for me is... I I also recall him getting burnt a lot, but that was his style of play. He was very aggressive. So I remember him getting beat on a lot of out-and-ups, but I'm nitpicking. And I'm just trying (laughs) trying to make a case why he's at number three and not number one or number two. But Rob Woodson is definitely an all-time great. But for me, he's number three on the list, which also tells you 
the special players at number one and number two on my list. And this was the who's one, who's two was the one that I went back and forth on a lot. I can't. I I have to go with my eyeballs versus the accolades and what he did not only for the Steelers but also he changed the NFL. And my number two Steelers defensive back of all time is Mel Blunt. Fourteen years. He played from 1970 to 1983. 219 games. 61 interceptions. Like the other guys that played back in the day, I don't have any more statistics other than that. But where he changed the game was in 1977, I believe it was, at the end of that year. It's because of Mel Blunt that there's the cannot touch the receiver within five yards rule. Because he was absolutely just locking onto the receivers, driving them to the ground, and they could do nothing. Because he changed that rule, that's the reason, as a receiver... I bought a defensive backs jersey for my Steelers throwback. I wanted to buy Stallworth. I found out that Mel Blunt was the reason they changed that rule. Out of respect, I bought that jersey. Mel Blunt, 1975, Defensive Player of the Year. Five Pro Bowls, Hall of Famer, and also a member of the NFL 100 team. One of the best Steelers DBs of all time. Definitely, in my opinion, the best corner. I do think he gets the nod over Rob Woodson for that at the corner position. Woodson may be the better overall player because he had a hell of a career once he switched to safety. But imagine if they never changed that rule. What would Mel Blunt have done? And I could only imagine, although I would think the term lockdown corner may have a different definition today. Guy was just that damn special. And you really don't need much suspense to who I have as number one. Um, I might be biased in the sense because I've seen this man play in person many times. He, to me, is one of the most special, not only Steelers, but special players ever. And that's Troy Polamalu. 12 years, 2003, 2014. And I remember after his rookie year and during his rookie year, a lot of Yinzers were bitching and moaning. He stinks. Why do we play him? They should never have picked him. It takes a while to get going. And man, once he got going, he got going. 173 games, 35 interceptions. Probably could have had more, but he was not asked to cover maybe as much as other players. 14 forced fumbles. I actually thought that would have been higher. Um, and I don't know how many times, I wish there was a statistic, how many times he jumped over the entire offensive line for one of his 12 and a half sacks. 847 tackles. I don't got to say anything else about that. I mean, the guy was just special. And that's why I, I just don't understand why people get in such a heated debate and want to compare Troy Palomalo and Ed Reed is like players because they're a safety. One's a free safety. One's a strong safety. They're two different players. Ed Reed doesn't even have to see how many tackles he has, but I don't think it's that many. Troy was more of the line of scrimmage guy where Ed Reed was maybe the best ball hawk ever. I'd be hard-pressed to find a strong safety in NFL history that was better than Troy Polamalu. 2010 Defensive Player of the Year, eight Pro Bowls, and obviously he is a Hall of Fame player. He's not on the NFL 100. Um, Should be, but he's not. No worries. But to me, he is one of the best 
Steelers defensive players ever at any position because of his play on the field. And if you've seen and heard him in many interviews, he's probably even that much better of a person. Definitely have one of his jerseys. He is going to go down as an all-time great. Troy Polamalu jerseys will be forever accepted in the Steelers stadium, whatever the names may be, along with some of the 70s greats and other greats. So to review, at number 10, Deshae Towson. Number 9, Mike Wagner. Number 8, Ike Taylor. Number 7, Dwayne Woodruff. Number 6, Darren Perry. Number 5, Donnie Shell. Number 4, Cornell Lake. Number 3, Rod Woodson. Number 2, Mel Blunt. And number 1, Troy Palomalo. So, let me know what you guys think of my list. Did I leave anybody off? Or some players too high, some too low? To post some comments on our Facebook group page or on Twitter at Birdcave. And big shout out to Fatheads for the Sunshine Daydream IPAs. It got me through this episode. Uh, one of our highest rated IPAs. If you're interested in checking out more of our brew ratings, check out our YouTube page. And I'll be back soon with the next top 10 list from another position group. Until then, take care. Peace out.